Greetings, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and I want to welcome you to my new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast series. We have been overwhelmed with the responses that people have shared from listening to these messages on my SiriusXM show over the years. Those listeners, and they're sharing my show with their network, telling people about it, telling their family members, their friends, and their coworkers about this show and the impact it's having on their lives. That's the main reason that this show is now number one for self-help in America, and I'm very grateful. Yet, we realize that many people do not have satellite radio and therefore could not experience for themselves the message. They could not get it for themselves. So we are now sharing these messages with everyone via this new podcast. Enjoy it and share it with your network. And let's help even more people to do more, be more, and achieve more. Tell everybody so that they can live a Wealthy Ways life as well. Welcome to the new Willie Jolly Wealthy Ways podcast. And remember, your best is yet to come. Ending five speakers in the world. Inducted into the Speaker Hall of Fame. Award-winning singer. Best-selling author. And now, here's Willie Jolly. In every state in this great union of ours, I am grateful to be broadcasting. Hope you are excited as I am about today's show and about life. You know, every day you wake up without a chalk outline around your body is a great day. Every day you have another shot to, to, to slay some dragons is a great day. So now is a great day and a great time to be alive. I know there are challenges. I know the economic downturn and all the problems in the, in the marketplace. But let me tell you something. I have found that this is the best time to be alive. Why? Because you're still here. And as Miss Seeley said in the movie, The Color Purple, she said, I'm still here. After Mr. Old Mean Abusive Mr. had called her names and talked about no one liked her and she was ugly and she was not attractive. But she said, but I'm still here. And folks, you're still here. So thank you for joining us today. And I'm glad for all of you who make this a part of your weekly routine. I have found out recently that now this is one of the top self-help programs across America on satellite radio. And I am grateful for that. So we're very thankful. And, you know, I always give God glory and thankfulness for another day and another opportunity to do what I do. So I'm very, very, very grateful. For those in the Washington area, I want to, to join me on November the 1st for a special free program at the Sanctuary on Central Avenue, where we're going to talk to people who are struggling with the economy. Uh, many of you know my book, Turn Setbacks into Greenbacks, was the book of the month last month for Michelle Singletary's Color of Money, and it has exploded uh, on the charts. So we want to do something to thank people for their commitment and their support, as well as to help people through these tough times. So on the 1st, you can come, and I'll be speaking absolutely free uh, to people helping them get through the tough times um and to go to website willyjolly.com for more information well i want to jump right into today's interview I, i'll talk more about the other things that are going on later but i've got to jump in it this is an exciting opportunity for me to share with you someone who i have known from afar I haven't known him well but we've, we're, we're developing a friendship and i hope we'll continue to develop that he is the founder of fame f-a-m-e 
basketball, long been regarded one of the top sports industry's leading figures and talent innovators for many years. He has represented the top players in the NBA uh, for many of them historical and negotiated record-breaking contracts for his clients, both on and off the court. He is a first uh, is the first sports industry executive to recognize that sports is not just not entertainment, but it is more than just like entertainment. It is entertainment, and his vision and ability to read the changing landscape helped to change the face of sports. He began his career as a uh, as a an agent with Pro Sports in 1974, he had gone to uh, college and then to uh, law school, and then he went on to do incredible things. I'll let you tell him tell you more about it. But everybody who knows him knows him as Mister Sports Agent, Mister Basketball, Mister Sports Authority. Name is David Falk, and he is the. Uh, owner, founder of Falk uh, Associate Management Enterprises, and the author of a book called The Bald Truth, which is fabulous. It's just fabulous. I'm I'm telling y'all that in advance. It's fabulous. So I'm grateful to have him and his uh, assistant, Mary Ellen, and I have been friends from our time at WKYS. So I'm grateful to have him and thank Mary Ellen for her help. David, thank you for being on. My pleasure, Willie. How you been doing? And I am excited about what you have done with sports. And I gave him a, a little bit of it, but you can kind of fill in the, the blanks of things I didn't tell. Uh, I know you went to, was it George Washington uh, Law School? Yes, sir. All I right. Went to, I went to college at Syracuse okay. uh, in New York, uh, majored, majored in economics. Uh, my first day uh, in the dorms, I bumped into the uh, two-star basketball players who were on my floor. Became really close friends, and I had this very uh, naive desire to... Um, to be uh, to represent one of them if they went pro, and sure enough, at the end of our senior year, one of them got drafted uh, in the NBA, and and uh, uh, I realized at that point I didn't have a clue how to do it. So I went to law school, and and uh, uh, with a very specific desire to get into this business. Wow. Well, you did it. You've done it more so than anybody else in history because you've represented Michael Jordan, Patrick Ewing, uh, Danny Ferry. Uh, um, you've you changed the face of basketball and got your clients the biggest contracts in history, and that was incredible because you you really focused on creating not just short term wealth, which we see a lot. You know, one of the things I I think that is important in this show is about wealth building and self help. But many times you see athletes who make a lot of money in their playing days, but five years later they're broke. And you've, you've seen that over and over, and a lot of times you've seen it in football, basketball, every sport. But you were able to negotiate uh, uh, contracts that not just impacted their basketball time, but their endorsements as well as their days after basketball. It's been phenomenal. Well, you know, I've been, first of all, I've been extremely fortunate to have a chance to work with not just Michael Jordan or Patrick Ewing, but, you know, you know quite a number of, of superstars. Uh, people who know me well know my absolute hero in life is John Thompson, the basketball coach at Georgetown, who's sort of my mentor. Uh, and, um, and I look at these individuals not just as athletes or commodities. I look at them as brands. You know, I think Michael you know, has become a brand, Brand Jordan. I think Patrick was a brand. I think Coach K is a brand. I think John Thompson. These people stand for things not just as athletes you know, or as entertainers or celebrities, I mean, John obviously, you know, has a tremendous had a tremendous impact on uh, on education, um, and uh, and so my job is to sort of be a brand manager and understand how you can transcend the boundaries of the court, the boundaries of the field, uh, and uh, obviously, no one's done that better than Michael because of his, um, you know, unique vantage points. Probably the greatest athlete of all time. He's also a great businessman, and so it's been a it's been a great ride for me. Let's talk about that for one minute, because brands is important that you just said something. Many people don't realize the importance of brand management and how their, whatever they do, their their uh, brand. And many people, I define it as brand is a little space of real estate that you own in somebody's brain and somebody's mind. And you have been able to help people build their brands. Expand on that and how a small business person or how important it is and critical that you just thought working on not just getting good, but creating a brand awareness. First of all, I think you have to understand you know, we live in such a you know an advanced media age today. Everything you do is either on Facebook or Twitter or you know everywhere you know cellular phones and cameras. Um, and and so I don't believe that when you build a brand, Willie, that you so much create a brand as you do project a brand. I looked at 
I looked at Michael when he was young. He had two fantastic parents. He went to the University of North Carolina and played for one of the greatest coaches in college basketball history, Dean Smith. Um, and he had developed his own value structure. My job wasn't to create a brand. He had already created it. My job was to refine it. He was like a diamond in the rough to distill it and to project it. And I think today, oftentimes, particularly young athletes, you know, everyone's trying to, to be a brand before they become a brand. You know, I think you, you have to develop the, the qualities that, that, as you say, will stick in people's minds. Uh, and I think people spend too much time trying to, instead of doing their job and letting, the, letting their brand speak for itself, when you think of, when you think of great brands in America, you think of like you know Coca Cola or McDonald's, Mercedes. Every brand stands for something. You think of quality. Mercedes stands for quality. In the, in the old days, when when you and I were youngsters, Cadillac stood for quality. You right. Something's the the Cadillac of something. It meant it was the best. Uh, and and uh, and I think that I think those things are inherent in the individual. Uh, and I think the job of a brand manager, uh, we're not creating a new product. We're talking about human beings. Your job is to understand what it is about an individual that makes them different and attractive to the general public, um, and how can you project those qualities and everything that they do on a consistent basis. I'll give you a great example. I'm a Shaq fan. I really like Shaq. When Shaq was a rookie, he did two great commercials. One was for Pepsi, where he reprised the famous Joe Green uh, T-shirt, you know, a jersey deal we gave the jersey to the kid, and the other one he did for Reebok, where he sort of played like the Terminator. And from day one, I said, God, that's confusing. If you're a seven-year-old kid, you want to know, what is Shaq's image? Is he the gentle giant, like the Mean Joe Green commercial, or is he the Terminator? Either image would have been great, but they're, but they're directly contradictory. And, and uh, I think it confuses like, what your brand is. Michael always was himself. You know, when he, when he made his movie Space Jam, what role did he play? He played Michael Jordan. You know, he didn't play James Bond. He didn't play, you know, Willie Mays. You know, he played he played Michael Jordan. That's a role he knows how to play well. And so everything he did came across being genuine. I think a lot of the young athletes today are trying so hard to replicate some of the things that he did and some of the barriers he broke down. It doesn't come across being genuine. Wow. Hold that thought because we want to talk more about the Space Jam and the way you innovated with that brand and how helping others to innovate and create wealth in their lives by thinking different. You're listening to Willie Jolly. I got my special guest, David Falcon, And for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, the best is yet to come. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and if you're enjoying this information you're hearing on this podcast, I want to invite you to get even more great information on my new free gift page on my website. Go to wjspeaks.com and hit the All Access badge. On that page, you will find information and resources specifically designed to help you to have greater success. Free ebooks, music, all sorts of interesting and informational interviews for my XM show. I'm telling you, this is a great page. And why do I do it? Because I've learned that the more we give, the more we get. And the more we help other people to grow and go to the next level, the more we receive in our business. So we want to help you. Tell your friends about it. Go to Facebook and get my information. Go to my website. Get my free resources. And get on wjspeaks.com and hit that all access badge. It looks like a backstage pass. Click it. You'll get behind the scenes information to the special page to help you grow. All we want in return, all we ask is that you pass it on because the more you give, the more you get. This is Dr. Willie Jolly. Have a great day. Oh, boy.
Making music and motivation for my CD package. You can get it on my website, WillieJolly.com. You can get the whole package, or you can get individual tracks, and you can download them or sample them and just listen to them and bounce along as you're sitting at your computer. Also, we want you to uh, get the new book, Turn Setbacks into Greenbacks, and we're grateful that the Turn uh, Setback is Set Up for a Comeback book is now back in our hands, and uh, we had run out of, of them across the country, but we've now got another print run, so call our office at 1-800-487-8899. 1-800-487-8899. Or just go to willyjolly.com to order your books and music product. Now, I got my guest today I'm very excited about is David Falk. He's one of the superstar uh, uh, personalities in the sports marketing as well as the sports industry, particularly basketball. In fact, uh, he was ranked number two as the most powerful person in basketball and in sports uh, behind David uh, Stern, the commissioner of basketball. And that, that, that says a lot. But let me tell you, what he has done is he wasn't just an agent, but he said it uh, earlier in the interview, and for those who are just joining us, he talked about the fact that you got to build a brand. And brand manage that brand. And you've got to be really thinking. And one thing I liked uh, in your book, David, is, and thank you for being with us, by the way. Uh, My pleasure. One of the things I loved was you talked about seeing the whole court. And that was a great uh, analogy because, you know, we in, in basketball jargon, you play half-court defensive, but half-court offense. But you said, see the whole court. It's not just, just right now. It's looking down the road. And you came with some innovative ideas to, to first negotiate incredible contracts for their playing time by not just talking about, well, here's their talent. I love what you said, you know, the general manager, the talented uh, person can say, well, here's what their talent should pay them. But you said, no, 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 that's, that's not just, you can talk about talent. Let's talk about value. That was powerful. That was powerful. And I hope people will get this book and read through it because he gave pearls throughout. Value. What's your value to the customer, to the client? And uh, that was one part. And then you it negotiated the, the basketball shoe contracts and even created a whole brand. And you're the one who came up with uh, Air Jordan. Yeah, Michael always teased me. It was my first good idea and my last good idea. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, he motivates me all the time because uh, he's, he's been a great friend and for 25 years. And, and uh, you know, back at that time, it's hard to imagine, Willie, you know, back in 1984, sort of like you know, people thought the world was flat back then. Nobody believed that an athlete in team sports, and in particular an African-American team sport athlete, could, could gain universal popularity and be able to sell his own brand. Most people thought those kinds of opportunities were reserved for tennis players or golfers or perhaps boxers. And uh, you know, I told him when we made the deal, I said, my dream is that you're 21 years old. You know, as you get older and you get married and hopefully have, have some children, that one day you'll have a son, and when he's about 14, he's in, you know, junior high or high school, he'll be able to walk into a footlocker and buy a pair of Air Jordans. So 26 years later, we have a billion-dollar a billion dollar brand. It's recognized as probably the most successful endorsement uh, in the history of professional sports. Even Phil Knight, the chairman of Nike, acknowledged that it's the most successful endorsement of all time, and it's something that I'm you know, particularly proud of. Uh, and at the same time, I think it's something that someone of Michael's singular accomplishments deserves. I mean, it's, it's, it's his signature... It's his signature um, relationship. You know, let's let's talk a little bit about the fact that you 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 came up with this innovative idea of of, of branding a, a tennis shoe. You came up with the innovative idea of branding uh, Michael Jordan in a movie, Space Jam, and and other. Uh, outside the box kind of thinking. Now, for a small business person, we got a lot of people who are small business owners. We've got a lot of entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, uh, a lot of truck drivers who are calling across the country and listening to the show. We've got a lot of people who want to start business or who have started business who are struggling. And so if you're going to give them advice, you're going to give them um, inspiration as well as information about how to develop the new way of thinking, what kind of advice would you be telling people at this point? 
Well, I, you know, if you ask that question, uh, a lot of things you just mentioned I did when I was younger. I drove trucks uh, mm. when I was in college in, uh, in Oceanville, Brownsville, New York. And, and uh, you know, that's really, I think, how you meet the people who really are America. You know, they're not, they're not corporate executives, a small slice of the pie. They're, they're working people. Right. And I think, I think, you know, in these tough economic climates, one of the great things about America is that there's still room for entrepreneurs to develop it like a really important product. But it could be something really normal. Like, uh, you know, about six, seven years ago, I read that an individual had, um, had invented a product to help you open up CDs. You know, you buy, you know, you buy a CD or DVD and it's so damn hard to That's open right. Thing up. Exactly you right. Know, you, get, you get your kitchen knife out and you cut your finger and you don't even want, you don't, you don't even want to listen to the damn thing. Right. And some guy invented a product that made a lot of money. And so I think this, you gotta think like, what, what's, you know, Bill Gates wrote a great book called The Road Ahead. Like, what's ahead of us? Like, what do we need? People developing green products. You know, you know. obviously the housing industry is going through a difficult time. Everything is going digital. And you got to think to yourself, you know, what's ahead? If you're a truck driver, like, what would make the truck, you know, drive more smoothly? You know, burn less fuel. Uh, you know, stay more awake at the wheel. You know, what, what kind of products could you develop that, that people need that they haven't thought about. One of the best books I ever read, you know, is Malcolm Gladwell's books, you know, Outliers, Blink. Um, his books are amazing because he has these very simple observations about life that you sort of know, but you never really thought about or put your finger on. And I think for the audience, there's, there's, room, for, there's room for innovation. You don't have to be an engineer. You don't have to be a scientist. You don't have to go to medical school. There's room for everyday innovations. Um, that make our lives better and easier uh, if you just really have the time to, to think about it. Wow. Well, as you you look at uh, how you innovated, and, and, and one of the things I want to talk about is innovating and creating more wealth because it's important. To, I, I believe it's important to be wealthy. And I tell people that I think it's important to be wealthy because it gives you options in health care. It gives you options in housing, gives you options where your children will go to school. And it gives you options, so kind of options you have for life. So there's some things you might not want to do, but if you have some resources, you can start to do the things you want to do. But Absolutely. Uh, uh, you- I, 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 to say the thing. I think that I, I believe, for me, mm-hmm. innovation is a mindset. Like, you know, I, I'm in a business, I've been doing the same thing for 36 years. And I got to the point after maybe five or six years in the business, and I thought to myself, if you continue to negotiate contracts with basketball or football players, you become really good at it. And I don't mean this in any way to be disparaging to the profession. It's like being a plumber. Right. You know, you, you have a problem at your drain, you call a plumber, and you call a master craftsman plumber, and he's, he's the best, he's going to fix your drain. I didn't want to fix drains. I wanted to design drains. Mm. I, I got to the point in my career, I didn't want to be a, a, do a mechanical kind of a situation, mechanical process. I wanted, I wanted to be an artist. I wanted to try to create new things that hadn't been done before because I, I was always afraid I was going to get bored, that I've, I've become really good at doing something, but it would become second, second nature and I wouldn't put the passion into it. And I think to, to really be good at anything in life, I mean anything, whether you're an athlete, an entertainer, a truck driver, a carpenter, you know, I don't care what you're doing, you know, a policeman, you know, I think to be great at, to be great at your job, you really have to have a passion for what you obviously have a passion. You can hear it in your voice for yeah. what you do. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, so that was my mindset. I decided when I was fairly young that I wanted, I wanted to be able to innovate new things so I could keep my mind fresh and, and challenged. Wow. Well, you've done that incredibly, and you've built an incredible business. And over the years, you've also invested in uh, Marquise Jet. I thought that was profound in the book. Uh, you've also been a guest lecturer. You've been a person who found opportunities. You were part of the team that helped uh, New Urban Entertainment. And that was part of the reason that you were continuing to innovate as a sports agent to say, it's bigger than this. Am I right? Absolutely. And, and, I, and I think, you know, I say this. I say this unabashedly. I think people like Michael Jordan and Patrick and Coach Thompson, they gave me the ability to spread my wings and try new things. You know, they 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 had such great platforms, and they had confidence in me, and, and they allowed me to try to find new areas that that they could participate in. And um, and for that, you know, I, I'm I'm extremely grateful, as you sort of said at the beginning of your show. Um, you know, if someone would have told me when I was in law school that I would make movies or 
be involved in the formation of an urban television network or, you know, do car dealerships or half the things I've done. I always said, like, no way, lawyers don't do those kinds of things. But, but working for these individuals, their, their success demands that you bring to the party something really different, something, something, a better product. And in my world, I've tried to reach out to the younger agents in our business, the Maverick Carters who represent LeBron and, you know, some of the younger guys and say, raise the bar. Don't just try to copy what Jordan did 25 years ago. You know, that was, that's from another generation. You got to do what he did and raise the bar for the next generation, you know, make, make it different. Wow, uh, and, and I'm, that's what I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for one of these young guys, you know, that, that represents these these individuals to really do it better, to do it different. I'm rooting for them. Amen, amen. I love that. Hold that thought, David. We're going to be right back. We've got more to come. You're listening to Willie Jolly across America, and I'm saying to everybody, for sure, for sure, for sure, the best is yet to come. I always get my dreams on the ground. Life had enough ups and downs. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and for years I've told people that in order to have a greater life, it starts by having greater individual days. If you have a great day and you repeat that great day seven times, you've had a great week. And you repeat that week four times, you've had a greater month. And then repeat that month 12 times, you've had a greater year, and you're on your way to a greater life. And it starts with that individual day. I recommend you start each day with something powerful. I call it the pure, the powerful, and the positive. Rather than starting your day with bad news, how many people got killed or how many children got snatched or how many fires there were, I recommend you start your day with something to inspire and empower and encourage you to make this day a great day. We're excited to announce the start of Jolly TV on my Facebook page. Go to Willie Jolly, Willie.Jolly on Facebook. Just go to Willie.Jolly on Facebook and get ready for a great day and a great life. Have a great day on purpose. But you'll get. Think big and you'll start to see incredible things. You know, Henry Ford said, if you think you can or you think you can't, either way, you're right. And so I'm grateful to have a guest today who's a big thinker. And I want to tell you about his book. But I also want to encourage everybody, uh, if you're Washington, D.C., remember every morning to get your thinking going and getting your day started. Turn on Channel 9, WSA 9, about 635. So you can see my Live Better with Willie Jolly segment Monday through Friday. And uh, if you're already in your car, you can hear me on WHUR at about 550. I am very excited to say it's now moving into more markets across the country. Starting this week, coming up, it's starting in... Columbia, South Carolina, uh, on the on the Gannett station there, and so I want you to turn that on every morning so you can hear my message right there in Columbia, South Carolina. And we're hoping that we're going to get it in every major market uh, in the next few months so that we can have an impact on people's thinking as they start their day. My guest is David Falk, super agent, super innovator, and one of the things that 
I was so taken by in this book. And, and by the way, before I go too far, uh, David, please tell people where they can get this book. Well, yeah, I hope I hope it's still in print. I think we printed about 40,000 copies. It's printed by uh, Simon & Schuster, and uh, it's called The Ball Truth Like My Head. <laughs> and and, uh, and hopefully, hopefully it's still at Borders and some of the major bookstores. But if not, they could certainly, uh, you know, go on SimonSchuster dot com. And I'm sure that uh, I'm sure they'll, they'll find. If they, if they have any questions, just tell them to call Mary Ellen. She runs my life, and she'll track it down for them. She's fantastic, by the way. Give her my mm-hmm. love. Right? She's mm-hmm. fantastic. Now, you said something in the book, and I wanted to focus on this because one of the secrets to success is how you negotiate the deal. Now, everybody must learn to negotiate. Everybody must learn to negotiate something. If your husband, uh, you need to negotiate with your wife on making sure a happy wife, happy life. If your parents, you need to negotiate. Even though you, you're talking to your children, you're the parent and you want them, but you've still got to share with your values with your children. Everything in life often will involve a negotiation. And there's a quote in here that I have to read, and then I want to talk a little bit about, about uh, a negotiation and the strategies you use. Here's a quote on, on page number 286. It says, When I was first starting out, I thought my role was to win. I thought negotiations were a zero-sum game with a clear winner and loser. But as I got older, I realized that to make a great deal, both sides have to win. They must not win equally, but they may not win equally, but they both have to win. I came to recognize the fact that it's a sign of weakness if you have to use the hammer. If you have a big hammer and your opponent knows you have a big hammer, you shouldn't have to pull it out and show it to him. He knows you have it. Your job is to make a deal without having to use it. That is profound stuff, folks. This is about good ideas for negotiation. And, and many of you who are business owners know you got to negotiate every day. Negotiate with your suppliers. Negotiate with your in- employees. Negotiate with your uh, customers. you got to negotiate. And the more you are able to understand, it's a win-win. Uh, as I was on tour last year in Australia with Stephen Covey, and he said uh, that the greatest, most effective people understand win-win. Tell us a little more about the negotiation strategy, David, and how you came up with it, because that's fantastic. Well, I think each person will, you know, has to um, has to develop their own style. There are, lots of, there are lots of different ways to negotiate. You know, um, you know, some people are hard ballers. They, you know, they have a tough position. They don't retreat. Some people are split the difference. People, but I think, what, as you indicate, when you're in a situation where you're dealing with suppliers or customers on a repeated basis, whatever style you use has got to be consistent. Um, and so people can come to understand how you deal and become comfortable with it so that it's, so that it becomes effective. For me in sports, one of my goals, I have a lot of clients, I do a lot of deals. I didn't want to spend a lot of time doing what I call playing ping pong, going back and forth, or I ask for a million, they offer you 200, and so how about 950, and you sort of creep to the middle. I think that my job was to become an expert in understanding the economic impact my clients would make on a particular team. And if I thought the client was worth four million, I would ask for four million. And I wanted the team to know that when I said four million, I meant four million. I didn't mean two point five. Um, but each person, each person has to develop a style of dealing with their, you know, with their business associates. That's that's effective. And there's there's an unlimited amount of styles. But this is not. And I teach, you know, I have my own school up in Syracuse, the David Falk Center for Sports Management. And I teach my kids. This isn't making a movie where, like, one day you're playing a certain role and the next day you have a different role. You're going to play the same role every day. And the people you're dealing with have to come to, more like brand management we talked about earlier, people have to understand what do you mean when you say, I'm willing to pay $50,000 for this car. Does that mean you pay 60, 80, 150? You know, and if you go to the same car dealer every few years and buy a car, after a while he's going to know when you give him a number that that's that really is the number or he's going to know that, you know, you're giving him a pie in the sky number and you expect it to change it. So you have to be consistent, develop credibility amongst the people you deal with. I think it's particularly the case in the examples you're giving where you're dealing with small business people that deal with the same clients or customers or suppliers every day. uh, And they have to be able to make the deals work. Without a question, they have to make it. You made some deals work that were phenomenal. Uh, uh, the thinking it took to negotiate a deal that was uh, outside the box thinking 
for uh, Michael Jordan, where uh, you you know you, one of the things you write about is some of the the players that who you didn't represent would get these long term contracts that would look good. Uh, on paper initially, oh, they got 25 million for 25 years. And I won't even call names because it's, it's clear in the book. But you said, no, 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 that's not the smart way because the market's changing. The, 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 the value is changing. Uh, infl- inflation is changing. Let's get a, a short deal and get them paid well, but have an out that's after three, four years so they can look at where the market is. And, it, and one of the things you talked about was uh, learning to to look at numbers and, and and let's talk about that a little bit. You know the importance of being financial literate and, and creating and and working some some skill sets that you might not have because you know some people it doesn't come easy to. So let's talk about that. Well, absolutely. You said it earlier very well. I think that I try to tell my athlete clients that you know you're going to play professional sports for a very short window in your life. I mean, if a professional athlete plays ten years. That's considered a very long career. And you have to make your unique skill develop um, assets for you that can make an impact for the rest of your life. And sometimes a player will say, well, gosh, you know, I made a lot of money. You know, isn't it enough? And I said, no, it's not enough. You've got to make what you're worth. Now, if you want to give that money back and build a community center or give the money to your church, donate money to the homeless, donate it to the Haitian, you know, you know, survivors, whatever you want to do with it, you have to get paid what you're worth. And then once you, once you get paid, you have to save it. And I think athletes, you know, come into money very quickly, and unfortunately, they come out of money very quickly. And it's, it's an absolute tragedy to me when you see players today that earn over $100 million during their career and end up being broke. Mm. Uh, to me, it's not so much that that's inexcusable. It's just it's a it's a human tragedy because those people can make such a difference in the lives of of people around them, their family, their their high schools, you know, their, their colleges, you know, and and they could they could they could use that money to create so much good. But all this requires, you know, and, and I'm a you know maybe I'm, I'm a little slow on the uptake, but I, I'm a great believer in preparation. Well, when you think of sports, you know, the Redskins don't go show up on Sunday for two hours and play. They spend hours every day practicing the same plays over and over again. They watch film. They break down their opponents. When I approach my business challenges, whether negotiating contracts or making marketing deals, I try to do the same thing. I try to go to practice. I, I think through what, you know, what the other side is about, what's their history, what's the history of the industry, you know, what's the economic climate, where are things going? And I try to have all those factors give me a sense of, of, where I need to go to make a good, to do a good job for my client. <clears throat> you cannot prepare too much. I mean, it's like the expression, you can't be too rich or too thin. You cannot prepare too much in business for important transactions, for important negotiations. And as long as I've been doing this and as confident as I am in my ability to do a good job, I approach each one individually. I make notes to myself. I, I write down ideas and I, and I try to do each one a little bit better than the last one. I try to build on my, my previous success. And I think that's what, you know, for the audience, no matter what kind of deal you're making, you know, whether you're building a store or you're um, do, doing anything, supply a supply deal, um, you're having a sale for your customers, you got to think, you got to really think it through and figure out what, what does it take to make it work? It's never been more important in the climate we live in today, which is very, very difficult. You know, unemployment is very high, probably around 20%. There's never been more people below the poverty line than there are today. And so your ability to take the resources you have and make them work for you, it's never been more crucial than, than it is today. And, and um, while it's nice to be innovative and it's nice to be forward-thinking, those are all great qualities, I think, I think just sheer... Um, preparation and hard work for the task ahead uh, are, are critical components of success. Wow, hold that thought, and we'll be right back with David Falk. You're listening to Willie Jolly on the Willie Jolly Show across America. For sure, the best is yet to come. Hi, this is Dr. Willie Jolly, and people often ask, how did I go from a broke, busted nightclub singer to become a best-selling author and to be voted one of the outstanding five speakers in the world by the 175,000 members of Toastmasters International? The answer is that I decided to invest 
and changed my thinking, invested my mindset, and decided to change my inputs because inputs determine outputs. I heard about a seminar years ago when I was just getting started. I was making about $100 a speech. And I heard this seminar that was creating millionaires, and it cost $10,000, but the guy was getting results. I didn't have that kind of money, but I decided to borrow it because I learned that there's a price for success, the price of college, the price of going to school, the price of education. There's a price for success, and then there's a cost for not paying the price, the cost of staying the same. And that cost is greater than the price. It's too expensive. And so I went, and it changed my life, and I came back and quickly made $100,000. I heard a similar story from Dr. Dave Martin, how he went to a success rally, heard a speaker who inspired him. He and his friend said, wow, that's changed my life. The speaker had a package of materials to help build wealth. The package cost $1,500, and that was all the money Dr. Dave had to his name. Dr. Dave's friend asked, do you think this stuff is worth it? Dr. Dave thought for a moment. He said, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. But I do know that I'm worth it. I'm worth it. He invested that money in that package and used the materials to grow his thinking. He grew his mindset. He shared how that $1,500 investment has gone on to generate millions in revenues. He's a multimillionaire. And he has homes now in Arizona and Florida. I want to say to you, it's time to invest in you. I want to give you some materials that will help you grow you. Grow your mindset. Grow your future. Grow your finances. Go to WJSpeaks.com. Dot com slash billionaire. WJSpeaks.com slash billionaire to get some materials that will inspire your success and will help you find that there's a price for success, but there's a cost for not paying the price. And the cost is always greater than the price. Go to WJSpeaks.com slash billionaire and get the bag, the box, or any of the materials there and keep growing your wealth. And remember, as a man thinketh, so as he is, and your best is yet to come. If you believe You gotta believe, folks You gotta believe You gotta believe You got to believe You gotta believe You know, I say that all the time, folks As you believe, so shall you achieve You gotta believe in your possibilities Your dreams Believe in yourself Believe that things are possible And that the best is yet to come If you have that kind of optimism That kind of mindset You will see opportunities That other people don't see So I want you to work on your belief systems My guest, David Falk, the author of the book, The Ball Truth, and we both had the same haircut, and I'm very grateful of that same haircut. That barber is really good. And he, uh, this book is called Secrets of Success from the Locker Room to the Boardroom, and it's endorsed by Michael Jordan, uh, John Thompson, uh, David Halberstam. Uh, I mean, just per- person after person talk about David Falk and the impact he's had on the sports industry and how he, you know, here's one of the things, David, uh, thank you for being on again. My pleasure. You struggled. I mean, you said it earlier. You drove trucks. You struggled throughout the book. You talked about you did not come with a silver spoon in your mouth. You uh, you struggled through uh, college. You had to pay and work hard to get through college. You then had to go to the GW Law School, and you struggled through there financially. You had to pay your bills. No one came and, uh, came and gave you all of it. And you struggled as a new agent working uh, when you're first in 1974 for ProServe. I mean, you were working... A hundred hours a week. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and I wasn't, and I wasn't making much. Uh, and no money. money. That's right. You said it working hard, very little money, and and so you kept thinking about the fact that I got to believe in myself, and I'm not giving up, even in tough times, didn't you? Absolutely. You know, I was, I was. When I look back, I think I was. You know, I'm a very goal oriented person, and so when I was in high school, I knew I wanted to go to college. When I was in college, I knew I wanted to go to law school. When I was in law school, I knew I wanted to get into this industry. When I got my first job at a law firm as a associate, making thirteen thousand dollars a year, less than the secretaries, I wanted to be a partner. When I became a partner, I, you know, I wanted to try to be, you know, one of the you know, top in the top of the business, and eventually, you know, I had a I had a goal. I wanted to be the best. And so, you know, as you tell your your listeners, you know, in any industry you're in, you have to set goals for yourself, and the goals have to be realistic. Sometimes you have to set linear goals where you go step by step. You're not going to go from step one to step fifteen. You know, you have to go step by step, but you have to have realistic goals, and then you have to have a game plan of how you're going to achieve your goals. And sure, you have to believe in yourself. Um, uh, but you have to make your breaks. I mean, I, I think that I was very lucky uh, in my career, um, and 
at the same time, I think that I had a certain role in, in making my luck, you know, creating an environment where I could, where I could be successful. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's so important. You know, you were saying earlier about, you know, attitudes. I think really successful people are what separates really successful people from the most people. Most people look at obstacles as barriers, things they can't get through. They see problems in the road and they feel they have to stop the car and get out. They, they can't get through. Really successful people see, see obstacles as, as, um, things they have to get around or get over or get through. They're going to get through them, and they're going to get to the other side. And their job is to figure out how they're going to do that, how they're going to overcome, you know, the obstacles in their past. So like a great running back, you know, he looks at the field and he just sees openings. Most people look at the field and they see, gosh, there's always 300-pound guys coming at me trying to knock my head off. You know, I better get off the field before I get hurt. But, but a great running back is going to know I'm going to get through it. He doesn't really know how. Instinctively, he knows he's going to find he's going to find the path, and I think that for people who want to get ahead in these difficult times, and they are very difficult, you have to believe in yourself, and you've got to be able to set goals that you can achieve to to bring yourself up to a higher level, and and uh, and not not complain about the hand you got dealt, but find a way to to make it win for you. Without a question. I love that. I love the couple things you said in there. Folks, I hope y'all got that pearl that he dropped on us. He said, set goals. And you know, I always talk to y'all about setting goals and how important it is to set goals. And he, he, he said, be goal oriented. Every step he would see another goal. And I love the, th- the analogy. That's a great analogy about the running back. Most people see, uh, if they're running down, they, oh my God, all these big guys are standing there. But the great running backs see the openings. They don't see the big guys. They see the opening. And, and let me tell you something folks david falk has shown you that you can struggle through life it might be a struggle but you've got to keep thinking about the possibilities and keep setting goals and keep working hard one thing i read in the book that i was very impressed with and inspired by and i'm telling you david this book uh is impacting me because of preparation because you talk about throughout the book i prepared harder than my former partners they would just go in by the seat of their pants and say hey what 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 the last guy get? Well, I'm going to give, give me 10% more. But you'd say, I'd sit there and I'd, neg- I'd think about all of the angles and how I can best serve my client. And I think as entrepreneurs, as entrepreneurs, as business people, we have to be prepared and work harder than the competition. Don't you agree? Absolutely. And I, I think, and I, as I said, you mentioned earlier, you know, think about this. When I was a kid, if someone would have told me when I was 15 years old that I walk into a 7-Eleven and spend 450 for a bottle of water. I would have said, "Hey, you got to ready to go to crack rehab. I ain't going <laughs> to spend money buy a bottle of water. I could pick it up at my tap and have a bottle of water." And you know, if someone would have said to you, "Hey, you could drive up instead of having a cash check at the bank, you could drive up to this machine and stick a plastic card in, you know, and get 20 bucks, you know, to you know, go to the movies." I said, yeah, sure, yeah, on Mars. And so you think that of, of common things today in our society that were unheard of when I was growing up. Um, you have to believe that, that these things exist. That, and, you know, why is a bottle of water worth five bucks? You know, it's worth five bucks when you go to 7-Eleven, but if all of a sudden we had a water shortage or you're out in a drought somewhere in L.A. and they have turn, turn off the water, that bottle of water might be worth 20 bucks. That's right. And same bottle of water. Yeah, you know, and so things take on different values depending on the surrounding circumstances. And I think smart business people, you know, figure out figure out a way to make that work. I had a friend named Bijan, who's a famous designer, and he had he had two stores: one in Rodeo Drive in Beverly Hills, and one at the St. Regis, New York. And his stuff was really expensive. You couldn't just walk into the store, Willie. You had to get an appointment to shop at the store. Wow. And he averaged he averaged two people a day, and the stuff was ungodly expensive. And one day I said to him, you know, you are an amazing marketer, but if I could give you one suggestion, and he said, what's that? I said, I'd double the price of everything I had. And he said, why? I said, because the people that buy your stuff, they want to complain to their friends. You know how much money I paid for this time? $1,500. You could get it in, you know, in May Company for like 35 bucks. I paid 1500 And they want to be able to say that they have, they have the ability to spend more money and they spend more money on this stuff. And the more expensive it is, the more exclusive people think it is. And when you're up at that end of the luxury curve where people can afford, you know, big kinds of dollars, it was a, he was a brilliant marketer because he took, he made the, the ambiance of his store shopping there 
a, a real special experience. I'm not sure the clothes were dramatically different than some other top designers, but it just had a great way to, to market it. And that's what people have to think about. That, How do you make your product different? That's the one thing. I know we got to jump off in a few minutes, just a couple minutes, but marketing. That's the other thing you've become a pro at is marketing. Just give people a couple marketing tips and then I'm going to let you go because I know you got another interview, but please share a couple marketing tips for, for people who are growing their business. I think more anything else, we live in a highly competitive environment you know, where people are selling you know, the same types of products as you are, whether it's body washes, mouthwash, toothpaste, soap, soft drinks, water. I mean, how many different kinds of water? You know, you know, vitamin water, smart water, deer park water, Poland spring water, Evian, you know, there's a million different kinds of waters. And to sell those products, which are basically identical, you have to have good packaging. How does it look? Where you put it on the shelf? Who do you get to advertise your product? When you have Michael Jordan drinking Gatorade, turns Gatorade, you know, into a different kind of a product because his, his credibility attaches to it. And so how you how you separate yourself, how you differentiate your product from your competitors is the whole ballgame, especially in an environment that is competitive as ours. If you've got a really good jingle or a good slogan, you know, I'll tell you a great story. When I moved into my first house in Bethesda, Maryland in 1976, I looked up all the big moving companies, Pilgrim, Mayflower, and then I hired a guy from Anacostia, Willie. Mm. His name was Justin Helms because I loved the motto on his truck. Most of these companies had like, you know, 400 trucks and they were big. Justin had one truck. He had four guys. I think they were all ex-cons working for him. But the motto on his truck said, you've tried the rest, now try the best. Mm. And I hired, I hired him just for the motto on his truck. Wow. Well, David, he was great. Well, David Falk, you have been fantastic. And I just want to thank you for taking time to be with me today. You've been incredible. Folks, get the book. David Falk's book is called The Ball Truth. And if you can't find it, you can reach out to me. I'll, I'll get in touch with Mary Ellen if y'all can't. But I will help you get this book because this is a fantastic book. Uh, thank you, David. And I look forward to seeing each other soon. And thanks again Absolutely. for your time. You're the best. Appreciate you having me, you me on. You're the best. Thank you, buddy. Bye-bye. Folks, what a great interview today. David Falk, The Ball Truth. I'm telling you, this has been an incredible book, and, and he's off the line. I can say this to you. This is some good stuff in there about uh, how to build your business and how to build your brand and how to negotiate and think differently. So I've learned a lot about this, and we're going to help people to grow their business. We want you to be successful. We want you to succeed at the highest levels. So... Stay tuned because we've got more to come. We're going to help you grow some more. We've got another guest that's going to help you to be more successful and more prosperous. You're listening to Willie Jolly, and I want you to go to WillieJolly.com. Make sure you sign on my newsletter. In fact, everybody who sends me an email at info at WillieJolly.com or just goes to my website, WillieJolly.com, and says, I want the free download, multiple streams of income. I'm going to send it to you, my gift to you. Absolutely free. And that's something we charge other folks for over the years. And I want to send it to you. Multiple streams of income. Go to my website and say, I want the free gift. You're listening to the Willie Jolly Show. The best is yet to come. Afraid of flying. I always get my dreams on the ground. Life had enough ups and downs. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.